1: And today I'm glad to welcome Chris Davis. Chris is pastor of Groveton Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Previously, he pastored for 11 years in Arizona and is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary. Chris is a musician and a writer, and you can read more about him and his articles at his website, therodandstaff.com. Chris and his wife, Rachel, have been married for 16 years and have four children, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to the podcast. Chris, welcome. Thank you, Chem. So, Chris, I am eager to hear what verse you have for us today. What do you have? I am eager to share it. It is Hebrews eleven sixteen. 16.
0: But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city.
1: All right. So, Chris, how did this verse become meaningful to you? It's one of your favorite verses. I'd like to know the story there. I
0: would love to share it, It's especially I'm thinking of some of your listeners who may uh, read the Bible at home or at church. I know I, I have twins who are 13 and a 14-year-old daughter And they read it because they love me and they, you know, they want to please me and my desire for them to know God's word. They don't find it necessarily super exciting right now. And I'm guessing some of your listeners maybe in the car listening because mom and dad put this on. And I want to share a story uh, of how this came meaningful to me when I was about 13 years old. I was cleaning my room, uh, again, not by choice, but our our whole family was assigned to clean our rooms. And I found my great grandfather's (laughs) old Bible on my desk. Desk. I had some older friends at church who had been t- talking about what an amazing book Hebrews was, which it is in itself is a story of having you know good influences in your life. Oh, wow. And so I picked this up and I said, "Well, let's see what's in Hebrews." I didn't know what was in Hebrews, and I read this verse, and when I when I read it, I felt this excitement in my heart that I had never felt before when reading the Bible. And I knew the Bible pretty well. My dad challenged me to read the Bible every day. He even worked with me to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. And so I knew the word, but it just didn't grip me. And in this moment, I read this and it it, it got me so excited. I literally ran down the hallway to my parents' bedroom and said, mom, dad, the Bible is exciting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and how old
0: were you? I was about 13 years old. And wow. I think they didn't know what was going on. We're just, we're supposed to be cleaning our rooms. Um, but I, I share this because I would trace my work now as a pastor to this moment when the Bible became alive to me, when it when the Spirit just did something to excite my heart about the word. So let me share why, what it was about this that excited me. It's this phrase, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Hmm. Um, There's so many things to say about that. But what I first felt when I was about 13 years old was a a call to a new level of faith. It felt like a challenge, like an invitation to live with this level of radical trust in God Hmm. that he would not be ashamed to be called my God. And in the context, this is talking about how Yahweh, the God of Israel, uh, was called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and the fact that he wasn't ashamed to have that name throughout the Old Testament, to be called their God. But for me as a seventh grader, that was, you know, I was your basic good church kid. Um, it called me to something more than just showing up and dial, you know, dialing it in at church. It called me to this new level of walking with God. Um, it also had this kind of action to it, this movement, like we're not content just with this world. We're not going to sit around and have this boring life. This is a people who are seeking after God. They're, they're going after something greater because they're not content with what's in this world. And that just gripped my
1: heart. It really launched me out into walking
0: more passionately with Jesus
1: Yeah, there's something about this verse that just opens windows into the heart of God that we see that he's not interested in having just half our hearts. He wants all of us and he's given us all of himself. So Chris, what does this verse teach us about our God and what he's like?
0: Well, first of all, it teaches us that he is worth pursuing with our whole life. He's worth leaving everything behind. So you think of Abraham and Sarah, their son, Isaac, their grandson, Jacob, and, and this whole family that leaves, starting with Abraham and Sarah, leaves everything that was comfortable, everything that was uh, you know, familiar to them, and goes just because God says, hey, I'm going to promise you this land, these descendants, these blessings. And their decision to go says that God is worth leaving everything behind. And for those who are listening, whether it's your popularity, whether it's money, whether it's your dream job, being with God is more valuable than all those things. Um, It also tells us that God is gracious and forgiving, because let's be honest, if you read Genesis, Abraham and Sarah, uh, Isaac, Jacob, their families Not the most godly people. I mean, they make plenty of mistakes. And yet, despite that, God always calls them back to trusting in him, walking with him. And in the long run, because they have this uh, long obedience, uh, it says that God is not ashamed to be called their God.
1: So Chris, this verse in reflecting on God calling Abraham to himself and leaving his city because he's going to another city that God's prepared, how would you explain this to your kids? I mean, they're not moving out of the house, not yet. Not yet. So, you know, what is this verse calling them to do?
0: I think it's calling them to live beyond their current circumstances, to say, look, there's something higher than just the American dream. My, my boys are in sixth grade, right? And so they're about to go into middle school and then they'll go to high school. And and to look down the line at what their future is to say the the aim of your life is not just get a good education, find a spouse, get a job so you can live a, a happy American life and then die the end that there is this transcendent kind of elevated calling to your life, something higher and bigger and more purpose giving than just whatever your uh, classmates might be living after.
1: So Chris, let's say you just were talking this through with your crew, your family, and afterwards one of your children comes and says, dad, that really meant a lot. What are the next steps I should take? What do I do with what you just said? What would you say?
0: Well, I, I always tell our church you're not going to read about God's love on the front page of The Washington Post you're not gonna you're not gonna hear about God's ways and learn about God's city and be acclimated to who He is and what He is about by reading uh, watching the news or reading the newspaper and so or in my kids' sake watching television right And so I would say get in God's word is the next step because we want if we truly long to be, in God's heavenly country with God, then we will want to know God now. We won't want to pursue him and understand him and hear his, of his love for us and his kindness towards us in Jesus. And we will want to understand what it means to, to live like he wants us to live in this world during this time. And so really our calling is to, to pursue God through his word and through prayer. And in that, to become citizens of heaven that are here on this earth, living out, figuring out what it looks like to live faithfully on this earth as we travel toward our heavenly home.
1: Well, Chris, thank you for pointing us to Hebrews eleven sixteen 16 and to this good counsel for all of us. Would you just close our time by praying for us?
0: Absolutely. Father, I thank you for each person who's listening to this. I pray that your Holy Spirit would cause your word to become alive in their lives. Would you call us to a life of pursuing you of a higher calling, of leaning into and journeying toward our heavenly home. We want to be with you forever, and we pray that you would draw our hearts heavenward and help us to be faithful as we live on this earth. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.